Accrediting Excellence, the international authority for professional coaching and mentoring, proudly presents both sides of the coin. How important is spirituality for you or your clients? Have you ever considered bringing it into your coaching practice or having it as your coaching niche? Today, we'll hear from two people who have. Welcome to Both Sides of the Coin, a podcast produced by the IAPC and M. We're a leading accreditation body and our aim is to increase public confidence and to raise industry standards by enforcing a rigorous accreditation process that ensures the quality of professional coaches and mentors. The podcast is aptly named both sides of the coin because we talk to both a coach or mentor and one of their clients to explore both sides of the coaching mentoring intervention. What works and what doesn't. As a proverb says, iron sharpens iron. Before we get started, let me introduce myself. I'm Jenny Butter, your host and an accredited master coach. I've been coaching for 10 years, mainly in the area of career transition and life coaching. Joining me today are Andrew D and his client, Wendy McKendrick. Andrew is a psychic, a spirit medium, an author, a teacher, and a retired British military officer with many years' experience traveling the world. Andrew uses his previous life experience, his intuitive abilities, as well as his connection with his spiritual guides to inspire his global clients to achieve their life's ambitions. He trained at the Arthur Findlay College in England and now offers his skills to his own students. His client, Wendy McKendrick, wanted Andrew to help her develop her spiritual abilities and has now started up her own business doing readings for clients. Welcome, both of you. I'm going to start with Andrew and then flip over the coin and speak to Wendy. Andrew, tell me about yourself. Well, I was listening avidly to you there as you were talking about, you know, where I've been and what I've done. And and I was, the thought that crossed my mind was, you know, how did I get into this? How did I begin? How did you go from being, you know, a military officer to, uh, you know, a psychic medium and working with people and coaching people on their own life's journey? and the real answer is I think it always had an interest in what I call uh, the afterlife or metaphysical world, you know, things that we can't see, things that we can't touch or feel or, you know, see on a daily basis. And I'd always wondered, you know, just what else was out there? And for me, I, even as a boy, I was always 100% convinced that what we do on a daily basis and on our, on our, in our own lives it's not all just about that, and there is a lot more to see, do, and work with beyond, you know, our normal senses, if, that, if that's the right terminology. And as my interest grew, I mean, my my first love, I suppose, was engineering, and I'd always wanted to travel the world, and I'd always wanted to work on aircraft, and that's where I first started off in the Air Force. So I'd got myself into a position where uh, I was trained by the Air Force. I, I was working on aircraft. And it must have been around the age of 37, 38, just this, don't ask me where it came from, but just this sort of yearning or this uh, deep-seated desire to, you know, find out a little bit more about, you know, the afterlife or the universe as we see it. And I just found myself one day driving past a spiritualist church in Swindon, in Wiltshire. That's where I was based at the time. And I just sat looking at this spiritualist church. And then one night I just said to my wife, 
you know, I'm going to go down to the local spiritualist church and see what's going on there. And the rest is history. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I went in and I still remember the guy now. I can't remember his last name, but I know his name is Jeff. And he said, oh, can I help you? I said, yeah. I said, what do you do here? What's going on? Uh, I'm just interested. He said, oh, great. Come in. And uh, we sat in what they call the circle, the open circle. And so people who are involved with spiritual churches and that sort of thing will understand what the, the open circle is about. And eventually Jeff came to me and he said, Andrew's got a message for somebody. And I said, well, what's a message? What's that about? And he said, just close your eyes. I'll put my hands on your shoulders. And he said, I will ask you a number of questions. And you just tell me what you see, feel, or hear. And I answered his questions. And when I opened my eyes, uh, there was a guy opposite me sat with his, his hand up. And he said, I can take all of that information, Andrew. I understand everything you said. And it does all relate to me. And as I looked at this guy opposite me, it, it was almost like, I'm not going to say it was an out-of-body experience by any stretch of the imagination, but it's when you tune in at a higher level, you raise your own vibration. And all I could see on the chest of this guy, it was almost like superimposed, was little mechanical devices. And I, and I said, I don't know what these are. They, as an engineer, I said, they remind me of valves, but I can see them on your chest. And he said, I'm recovering from open heart surgery, and I had replacement valves fitted about six months back. And Jeff said, hey, Andrew, there's your first message. And from then on in, it, it's been a progressive journey forward in trying to develop my own senses more, my own skills, trying to, you know, the more sensitive you are, that's the problem with this work. The more sensitive you are, uh, it can hamper everyday life because you pick up on things you wouldn't do ordinarily, but you need it for your work as a psychic medium. And like I said, the rest is history. And then I found myself being asked, you know, by other people, could I teach them or could I do readings for them? And here we are today. Excellent. There's a lot of religions out there. A lot of them believe in the afterlife. You know, so if you are working with a Christian coach, you might pray and listen to a sense of what God is saying. How does what you do differ from other faiths? I wouldn't say what we do is different. I mean, other faiths, and I, I don't want to get into the whys and the wherefores or anybody else's faith or belief system or upset anybody uh you know it's uh but for example if you spoke to a muslim or you spoke to a catholic or you spoke to uh, a mormon you know most will say you know whether it's jesus uh, or whether it's muhammad is a prophet uh, or, or there is a god and what name does that person go by what does that god go by then you know you you can go to a, a christian spiritualist church and they will have pictures of jesus in the church uh, and we still talk about God, but the, one of the primary facets of spiritualism is to prove the afterlife does exist. Whereas a lot of religions will say, you know, you can't talk about that, or we say you can't talk about that, or, you know, they, they don't want to address it. So it's, we, we still believe in uh, a lot of what I would call the religious tenets, but at the same time, our main drive and our main purpose is to try and prove the afterlife does exist through evidence from loved ones who've crossed over so that is the main difference but there's still a lot of similarities in many ways can you explain the difference between reiki and readings you offer both to your coaching clients yeah well there's uh, the reiki side of things is uh, hands-on healing now if you go to a spiritualist church uh, they will have hands-on healing uh, they tend to just put that the rules have changed now they would put your the hands on your shoulders so 
it's Reiki by another name in my in my book anyway, but I'm sure somebody else might argue with that. But the Reiki healing side of things, it come, Reiki comes from two separate words in Japanese, Rei and Ki. Uh, and basically, it's universal forces, uh, and it's channeling those forces. And I'm simply a conduit. So I raise my vibration. Uh, I would uh, tune into those vibrations, and I would simply lay my hands on a person, you know, on the shoulders, uh, maybe an area that's particularly sore or particularly giving them trouble but generally i work with the whole body and i simply channel those forces through them uh, and allow the healing to take place and if i'm being really honest i believe the vast majority of healing takes place uh from the person itself because they've allowed themselves to have that space and time to themselves to relax to drift off to if you want to say go to a translate, uh, trans state or some may even fall asleep, but it's a, it's, they're allowing themselves to heal and heal their own bodies. I'm simply uh, channeling that. And I, I am being uh, the person who, uh, I suppose, arranges that, if, if for want of a better word. Uh, on, on the reading side, it's very much uh, me chatting to somebody. If, if, if a client was to go for counseling, because they want a problem solving or they want to work through something for themselves with a counselor, they would, the client would do the talk and the client would from a coaching perspective, uh, reach the conclusions or the answers for themselves by, you know, those answers or clues being teased out of them by the counselor, by, you know, some directed questions. For me, I tune in with the individual and I'm, I'm not saying it's always the case, but within a reading, I would tend to pick up on what is going on around the client and present them with the information and simply ask them, would they understand that? Is that what's going on in their life right now? And then we can work towards solutions. It's about guidance. It's about insight. And sometimes it's about helping people over those speed bumps in life. You know, we, we all hit those speed bumps, but it's just a case of how hard you hit them. Uh, and, you know, what do you do afterwards? So that's the main difference between Reiki and a reading reiki is non-verbal it's hands-on uh the person very much you know lies there and allows themselves to relax and self-heal whereas uh a reading is very much a collaborative uh process so you use your coaching through your readings who is your typical client i would say uh if i'm being generous probably only 10 percent of uh, my clients are men. Don't ask me why. Uh, that just seems to be the way it is. Although men do come for readings, but like I said, it's only about 10% of them. But the vast majority, uh, well, the, the other 90% are ladies and they can range anywhere between 18, 19, right up to, I think my oldest client has been over 90. So there's no, there's no real typical client. They don't all really fall into one category or one age group or one uh demographic at all what are some typical questions that you ask your clients as part of your coaching process uh when when working with them i mean there's a lot of relationship things come up uh, a lot of career issues come up and for a lot of people they are stuck so i wouldn't necessarily ask them a question because that's uh that's part of what i teach that we don't ask the uh the clients any questions as such but what i may say is 
for example, Jenny, I'm and I'm not, honestly, I'm not right at this moment. I'm just making this up, I promise you. Uh, but I would say, you know, Jenny, uh, thank you for coming along. We would settle down. We would, uh, I would ask them whether they've had a reading before and then allow them to settle in because some people get lost on the way. Some people are anxious. Some people don't know what, what a reading is about. They just felt the need to come for some guidance and advice. Uh, so I would settle them down. And probably one of the first things I would say is, you know, maybe I'm picking up right now, Jenny, the, uh, you know, there's around your career that the, there's an obstacle in the way at the moment. Maybe you're trying to find your way beyond an obstacle or somebody has stood in your way or you just feel as though you're not being listened to right now in a certain area of your life within work. And uh, there's a need now for you to listen to those little voices inside that are telling you to look in a new direction or look for a way around this. Now, that, that's just something I've made up right now hopefully anyway. Uh, and then what I might pick up on is possible solutions that lay, may lay ahead for you. And I would present those to you. What I do say to people is, and this is really important, you don't just go away and do what I say. I never tell people what to do with their lives or how they should run their lives. What I do say is it's up to you to now go and make an informed decision. I've been presented with some options uh, you know, for you. Please go and have a look at them and then and decide which way you're going to go from there on in. So for coaches that are interested in bringing spirituality into their own coaching practice or transitioning from traditional um, goal setting performance based coaching to spiritual coaching, what advice would you give? I think we all get to I think we all get to a certain point in life when and that age can be any age for different people. For me, it was around the age of 40, 41, 42. I was still in the Air Force. And, you know, I'd done all the goal setting and being promoted and being moved around and doing different jobs and trying to build the career profile and, you know, apply for different jobs that, you know, I have the skill sets for, or I, I have the prerequisites for. And for me personally, I cannot comment on anybody else, but you get to a certain point in life, Jenny, when that's just not enough. You know, you, you're looking for something different. So rather than just say, I'm going to achieve this or I've got, you know, I've done my CPD log or I've done some reflective logs or whatever it might be, you know, you get to a point you think there's more to this. There's, there's more to this for me. And I, I've got to start. And this is where the spirituality, spirituality comes in. I want to start doing something that is more in line with my higher self or my, my authentic self. And I think people listening to this right now might well say, do you know what? I've been doing that for 20 years. I've been doing a job simply because it pays the bills uh, or simply because it's expected of me. And I, I went into this particular career and I've got a prime example in a second. Uh, and it's not me anymore because we do change. We are not the people we were when we were born. We're not the people we were five years ago. We do change. Our needs change and our our viewpoint on life has changed and suddenly people start to wake up to the fact that there's much more in life than simply goal setting, you know, heading for the next pay band uh, or the next position or, you know, trying to, you know, outperform somebody else, whatever it might be. And suddenly you realize there's much more to life and that there is much more to life to enjoy. And that's where the spirituality does come in. And sometimes I, I, I do offer people, you know, uh, insights into what may be available for them and to help bring spirituality in now i wouldn't say yoga is particularly spiritual but one of the reasons i took it up was because after a, after i'd done a session or after i'd 
done a, uh, you know, a practice, a yoga practice, I suddenly felt in tune with myself. And sometimes our head or our ego is totally out of tune with our own spirit. So doing a, you know, any sort of practice, getting involved in anything that brings everything back into alignment for you suddenly puts the rest of the world in perspective. So it doesn't have to be a total departure from what you're doing now. There very much is that spiritual and practical everyday life journey that you can combine. Uh, so if I was to give any advice to anybody, I'd say find something that works for you. Find something that helps you balance everything in your everyday life because there's family life, there's work life, there's everyday stresses and strains. And sometimes we need an outlet for that because it's not all go, 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 work, work, work. Uh, so I would say find what works for you. Thank you. That's good advice. Finally, Andrew, why did you decide to become accredited? Mainly because, uh, and I'll be really honest about this, uh, there is an organization called the Spiritualist Nationalist Union in the UK, and they are pretty much the religious body. You mentioned religions earlier on. And the spiritualist movement only has, it is a religion on the statute books on with government. So it's a, an officially recognized religion. But there's only about 1,600, uh, you know, members of that religion, so to speak. And the SNU, the Spiritualist Nationalist Union, is pretty much the body that runs and controls. So it's a bit like the Church of England, it's a bit like the Catholic Church, or it's a bit like, you know, other uh, faiths. And what I found was that their, if you like, their educational systems, their, their courses, the perfectly good courses, I've done them and I've done plenty of courses at their centers and I've really enjoyed them. But what I found was that uh, their, their qualifications, their organization, if you like, wasn't really recognized outside of their own organization, outside of their own body. And I wanted something that was internationally recognized and something that was independent from me, independent from the SNU and something where somebody could come along and look at me and say, you need to fulfill these criteria so that we know you're, you are of a standard. And that's why I went down the accredited route. It was to prove to other people and to myself that, you know, that I'm not a fly-by-night guy. I'm not, because lots of people have abilities, psychic abilities. Lots of people have spiritual abilities, if you like, or spiritual connections. They may have not gone through very much training or not have very much experience, but there's nothing really saying to, to them that they can't put themselves out there as psychics. So I wanted that uh, validation really for myself and for the general public when they can look and say, yeah, this guy has got the experience, he's got the knowledge and uh, he's, got, he's got the certification to prove it. A great example there of the importance of accreditation. I'm gonna flip over the coin now and speak to Wendy. Wendy, tell me about yourself. I live in Aberdeen in Scotland. I'm a single parent of three children I've just got one child at home now the other two are adults and my spiritual journey started quite young I was first aware um, of things I mean I must have been younger than 10 when I started to question things and knew that there was more to life than what I saw but it wasn't until I got into my teens that I saw spirit for the first time um, I spoke to my mother about it. She got a bit scared and asked me to suppress it, which I did for a while. I did try to develop again, 
in my early 20s when I had my first children um, but family got in the way so it got put on hold until I had my daughter she's now 11 um, so it must have been around about the same age as Andrew got pulled into it to be honest I was around about 41 42 and I had this dream of the inside of the spiritualist center which I had attended before but it looked different so I contacted them to see if they still were running classes which they were so I attended the classes and I went into the hall which had been constructed after I had been there originally they built an extension it looked like what I saw in my dream so that took me back into learning at the classes. Um, I attended the classes for a while and then COVID hot. So everything got put on hold. So I felt like I was a bit in limbo. And that's when I reached out to try and find a coach to bring me on further. And so what has been your experience having Andrew as your coach? Well, I found Andrew to be really approachable. He's a very nice, um, genuine guy because he's had similar teachings through the spiritualist church and then went on to further develop himself. Um, that appealed to me because he'd followed a similar path. Um, the I watched his um, promotional video that I saw through a Facebook advert and reached out to him. And I felt, yeah, this person can bring me on to where I need to be. And so how have you applied in your daily life what you've learned through your coaching with Andrew? Well, I started, like you said at the start, I've started up my own small business trying to do readings for clients. I have had some interest, but it's early days. Um. The methods that Andrew's shown me throughout the training, that it was additional methods that I hadn't learned in the spiritualist church, like um, writing words down, because just a single word can give you so much information to share with a client. Um, Andrew's taught me quite a few different variants that I wouldn't have known otherwise, so it's definitely enhanced my experience thank you and from your own personal perspective how important was it for you to work with somebody who had been accredited it shows that they've put in the dedication to themselves and then the willingness to support and help their current and potential future clients because if they are willing to put that much effort into themselves, it shows that they are willing to make sure you're putting that much effort into yourself to, to achieve your full potential. So following on from that, as somebody that's just setting up your own business, what are your thoughts on your own self-development and becoming accredited yourself in time? It's something I may consider in the future. It is early days. Um, I will just have to see where my path takes me. And is there anything else that's important for you as a coaching client to share today? Just that if you feel like you would benefit from doing the coaching, I highly recommend it. 
Um, it certainly brought on my confidence with my delivery because when I first spoke to Andrew and we Andrew set me little tasks to complete, um, I did find that I was hesitating quite a lot. I wasn't as fluid as I wanted to be. I wasn't as confident as I wanted to be. Um, if Andrea had asked me to do this at the start of the course, I wouldn't have had the confidence to do so. The fact that I'm speaking to you today is showing showing me how much confidence I have gained through Andrew's coaching. What a great discussion. Thank you so much, Andrew and Wendy. If you would like to work with Andrew or to find out more about his work, then he can be contacted via his website, andrewd, that's com. We're confident that anyone who attains an international authority for professional coaching and mentoring accreditation will be amongst the very best that the profession has to offer. So if you're someone who's interested in having some coaching or mentoring and want to find an accredited coach, mentor or training provider, or if you're a professional who's interested in becoming accredited, then please go to our website, coach-accreditation.services. And finally, if there's a topic that you would like me to cover on future episodes of Both Sides of the Coin, then I would love to hear from you. My email, jenny.podcast at coach-accreditation.services. Bye for now.